Welcome to Muse Unseen, the podcast on how creatives do business. This is Zoe Omega. And I am Claire Michelle. Today we are interviewing the Flower Pistols. This is Micah and Emma talking to us today from Boston. And I've got to say, I have a lot of history with these two. Uh, We tried to form a band a while back. Um, We jammed together on multiple occasions. And uh, they've just been doing some incredible stuff lately. They are releasing new music, which has been um, picked up by a bunch of playlists on Spotify and other places as well. They've hired a promotion intern that has given them different types of strategies in the world of streaming. And uh, they're also, they've also got some creative uh, approaches to how to tour as a musician during this strange COVID pandemic time. We had a lot of fun with this one. I miss these guys. I haven't seen them in a few years. So I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's bring in Emma and Micah. Hey. Hey, Claire. Oh, oh my God. Hi, guys. (laughs) I haven't seen you in so long. I missed your beautiful faces. Hi. So yeah, I was I was saying like um, I think last time I so, saw you, uh, you guys were like living out of a van or something like that on your way to the East Coast, and now you are clearly uh, set and you're in your your. It looks like everything's going well for you guys. What have you been up to? Oh well, um, you know I feel like in a way the the pandemic has been a blessing in disguise for us because we've been. We did some recording um, in Nashville and we were like, wow, it's great to have these professional recordings that are of our, our music, but they were just, it's so expensive to, to go into the studio, even though we had a friend work. Yeah. You know, like, so you're just like, oh, we'll get you a really good deal. It's just like, Jesus, this is a good deal. <laughs> I don't know how much more good deal. <laughs> so um, I got really into, um, learning how to record uh, and all this hardware stuff is stuff that we picked up in a very discounted secondhand kind of way Um, and I just kind of like have been uh, really really getting into uh, really really old school kind of um, paradigm recording which is like lower tech um, more rehearsal oriented but very satisfying and gets good sound yeah 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 we want to know about your playlist strategy for children of the end times. We use um, two platforms. One is SubmitHub, and the oh, other, yeah. we don't have like any like super fancy secrets. But SubmitHub and Groover, and basically just targeting, um, <clears throat> targeting playlist people who <clears throat> had similar interests and had you know, worked with similar songs. Um, yeah. So yeah. knowing your genre, knowing the niche and being able to, you know, pitch the right genre to the right audience. We were just talking about this actually about our, our latest release, which is kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, an intergenre thing, but uh, different like, playlisters have like different ideas about like what the meaning of any given genre label is. Yeah, like yeah. know what they're what they're thinking in terms of genre, which might actually have like not that much to do with what we think that genre is. Or with what the next playlister thinks. 
like looking at it from like an outside perspective almost and kind of considering how others might hear it instead of how you hear it yourself. Right, right. Not assuming that because one other heard it one way that the next other is going to hear it the same way. Yeah. I mean, how many people picked that song up? Um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but we had maybe like, what do you think? Between like five and ten playlists on yeah. Spotify. Not a, not, not, not a ton. Not a ton. Yeah. And some like a lot. You guys did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of the tunes that we recorded in Nashville. So the production value on it was like super duper high. And I think honestly, that took us just as far as our promotional strategy itself. Because... Mm. We've uh, promoted other songs the same way, and we've gotten playlisted, but uh, that one just got so many hits because I think it's so relevant, and the production value is so high, and... Um, well, yeah, production value, like, I feel like a lot of times when people say production value, like, they're thinking about, like, the expense, like, that it's high or low, but I feel like also, like, when you think of production value as, in terms of, like, production values. We clashed a little bit actually with the producers who we were working with. That would be um, our friend, Ben, who's, uh, his stage name is Old Sea Brigade. He's like a streaming artist and his yeah. is also, and, and like, so they have this very like streaming oriented way of, um, of producing. So like the, uh, there's a lot of quantization, a lot of like um, kind of, you know, like there's like using sequencers in a, in a way that's not like um, not electronic music, but just like gives a feeling of ba, 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 to the whole thing, and, um, and and then like you know the the way that they do verses and choruses and stuff. There's a pretty there's a pretty like solid like formula that I think it must be that that is slightly preferred by streaming algorithms or something. And so we noticed that um, hmm. playlisters, that one and also the other one that we recorded at the same time, um, is kind of like more of like a kind of like middle of the road audience would maybe find that more accessible and the playlisters who were going for a more middle of the road audience and, and therefore maybe had like a larger base so that the, the, the count shoots up rapidly. So was the stuff that you recorded in Nashville, was that quantized then? For those who don't know, by the way, quantizing is when you uh, sync instruments to a, um, a click track or a metronome of sorts. Nothing has any play or sway to it. Yeah, like, you know, people who are producing in Pro Tools, especially when they're producing on a schedule, like in a professional studio, they'll use Beat Detective, which is a tool in Pro Tools that, like, slices and quantizes live audio. It's particularly used for drums. I feel like the combination of, of, of Beat Detective and, like, mixing drums and bass lower means it's, like, it's got this kind of, like, uh, it's, it's like it's like Oasis or it's something. It's like sparkly. Kind it's of. sparkly. It's like it has like a lighter feel, you know. Whereas like, you know, for us going in, I was like, yeah, like you know, like loud. We want loud drums and stuff. And they were like, mm, we don't think that that's the way to approach this. You're sacrificing um, your individual voice, and you're sacrificing kind of like let's just say like our Instagram following <laughs> was like maybe a little bit bemused 
when we released those songs, but people who like weren't, haven't been following us for a long time were much more receptive to it. So it's like the numbers are much higher, but like in our own, like kind of like community in our own base, it was like, like, so there's, it's just these trade-offs, you know? So what, can you tell us a little bit about studio recording versus at-home recording? Yeah, well, (laughs) um, studio recording, oftentimes you have access to better gear, you know, like pretty much, you know, always like you have access to better gear if you go to a professional studio. Um, And that means that like um, your acoustic instruments are going to like really, really shine, even if the producers aren't spending a ton of energy um, making them shine because like they're, they're being captured true to life. Um, and the same goes for vocals. Like we had so much fun tracking vocals in Nashville. It was at the studio called Shoebox in Nashville and, and they have a great live room and like they have nice, really, really nice equipment. And that was cool. And, um, and then like their desk, their input stuff is like really, really good too. So like you're working with like really, really good, input technology uh and of course they have like you know like expensive plugins and stuff to 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 make it so that their production process is streamlined but that kind of like the 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 advantage of recording at home as long as you have everything set up so that you're getting good quality signal in um is that there is this sense of like get through it really fast let's use beat detective instead of doing enough taste of the drums so that we get something really tasty let's use you know like that kind of philosophy like at a professional studio you know it's like usually you've paid by the song and then like they have a bunch of other projects that they're going at at the same time and if like us you know like you pay at a discounted rate like they're gonna be they're gonna be like yeah we want to do something good but we want to do it as fast as possible whereas like so for recording at home, the hardest thing is getting good quality audio in, especially for acoustic instruments. Um, we found that uh, tube amplification like is easier to get a good sound of at a lower like price point for us. You know, we use some kind of like saturation tricks and stuff because we just have like a you know like a like a prosumer interface. We have like tape that we use for saturation. And so you have to kind of get creative to like get the sound as big and as loud as, because that's the main thing that studios do that at home, you don't have as much headroom, you don't have as much ability to get a loud signal in there and keep it. So I've heard both of you play pretty extensively and you, you both play with like a ton of dynamics. You're both, you know, uh, acoustic driven instruments and you're both very proficient musicians as well. So from what I'm getting, you have more play in the home studio, but you don't have as much play in a professional studio. So did you notice that maybe like your time while it was limited also limited maybe your creative like play style in the professional studio or was it, you know, or did you find that it was easier to be more expressive in that studio space? We have more freedom here. <laughs> yeah, the creative not as much of a priority in like a professional studio that's like got a bottom line and got an overhead that you wouldn't believe, you know, like in those kinds of things. You know, they're trying to get the songs done and they want everybody to listen to the song and be like, oh, that sounds good. Okay, next, you know. Yeah. yeah. Who was your producer? What, did they come like package with the studio or is that something else? Um, so our producer is or was my friend uh, 
Ben Kramer, who is Old Sea Brigade. His project's really cool, worth checking out. Um, so he kind of produced it, and then um, Owen Lewis kind of did the engineering mixing, and he did a bit of production as well. They kind of work as a, as a team. Fair enough. It's, well, um, so you also mentioned that you work with a promotion Interim? Yeah, so you know, we're here in Boston. We both did music grad school here. Um, now we're done with that. But there's so many kids at Berkeley who need work, have experience, and kind of the latest insights about the music industry and. Mm-hmm. Or at least different insights from us, right? They have a music business so, program. Exactly. So you can actually just go to Berkeley's website and there's like a, you know, hire our students thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've been all online because it's been during COVID. Yeah. It's so easy. <laughs> create your job listing and then students can apply and send you their resumes. Mm-hmm. So it was a great way for us to find someone to work with on promotion who had a totally different perspective, who was younger, and we could do it at uh, in a, a cost-effective way. Cost-effective, you know. yeah. And she's just like, the last time we talked to her, so our latest release was something that was like home-produced and it was like a very, very different aesthetic, kind of like more, anyway. But like, uh, and so we weren't doing as well with the streaming and stuff, and we were like, okay, so like, do you, what do you have to say about this to her? And um, she was telling us about like different different strategies, different approaches. So she was being like, you know, like for this kind of thing, I think that you should lean more into um, blogs and like kind of like more like in depth, smaller audience like engagement. So like it's really cool to work with somebody who kind of like understands because like before like with Beauty and the Wonder, she helped us with that too. And that was something where it was like it was produced in Nashville, and she was just like, okay, streaming, streaming, blah blah blah. blah. It was a good a good kind of scene with that. And then with this, she had a whole different strategy and that's cool. It's just cool. Like that, that's just such like a world, such like a rabbit hole. And we don't spend a lot of time in that rabbit hole. So it's cool. And one way she has brought to promoting our songs, which I think is really cool and relevant right now is, uh, emailing YouTube playlisters. Um, Oh yeah. Is there's a ton of YouTube playlists now that just have like a ton of listeners. So she would, you know, listen through to the ones that fit our sound and reach out directly, which mm-hmm. always works well. So, yeah. yeah. That's so good to know. Um, so uh, I think we're going to hit one more, one more big question here. And, um, I want to mention the fact that you guys, how I met, started this whole conversation today, you guys started out by like, I don't know, I would consider you all a nomadic at one point, like, and now from what I'm getting, you guys have found like your, your space. It, it looks like you're, you know, you're, you're comfortable in Boston. So what does getting on the road look like for you? And of course, you know, how does like, how does the pandemic affect this whole thing? Yeah, we have some pretty out there there ideas, plans. plans. Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 good in Boston. We have a good situation. You know, we're fortunate to 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 have a good spot to live. Like for the time being, Um, we may end up uh, going back out west at some point, probably towards the after the pandemic. But like, what for now? 
Uh, so, you know, like a lot of venues, like all venues, like are, are pretty much not open right now. And, 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 but we were like, you know, we really want to get out and, and, and tour the album when it's done, which is probably going to be in the spring now. Uh, so what we decided to do was, um, we got this old, uh, utility trailer that I refurbished. Um, and now we're starting to build like basically like a mobile sound stage out of the utility trailer. So it's like small, you know, it's, it's not any bigger than, than the space that our gear is on here in this room. But uh, like, um, so we're gonna install speakers like under the deck and um, install like the mixer and like kind of pod thing for the drums like on top of the deck so we can stow them quickly and easily. And um, we'll work either with uh, institutions or businesses that have space that, that like they'll, allow us to use on a case by case basis, some kind of, some kind of, you know, mutually beneficial deal. Um, or else potentially we could set up in public spaces anywhere where we can like, kind of like pull up, um, you know, and we're thinking very, very carefully about, you know, legality and volume level and things like that. I was um, going to mention that. Yeah. Cause you, in most cities you need a permit of sorts to play any sort of music, um, especially with amplification. Right, right. So, you know, there's, there's like these volume cutoffs <laughs> and it's just like, it's, uh, it's, it's very technical. It's very similar to recording. I feel like, you know, like trying to negotiate, it's just like, how do you get a good sound that's not too loud? Um, and then the way that we're going to power the soundstage is um, a combination of solar and wind power. So like solar and wind are, are pretty easy and, and affordable to, um, to work with at this point. So we have like a bank of, um, deep cycle batteries, which those are also not very expensive. Um, so that we're going to be charging those by a combination of solar and wind and then discharging. In, in terms of the financial side, um, like since it's going to be outside a lot, like we're probably not going to be able to work on like a conventional like door, uh, like paradigm. So we're really, really like leaning into, um, thinking creatively about merch and thinking creatively about, um, Promotion. Promotion and like, yeah, like how to... Uh, how can we create new spaces for ourselves as artists during this pandemic? Like, mm -hmm. all spaces have been closed, but we got to keep the, keep the music happening and people need it right now. You know, like I know I would totally go to a outdoor performance as long as it was being, you know, responsible with social distance and everyone's wearing masks and sure. plenty of hand. Yeah. So we, we just had in Seattle, I don't know if you saw it, a, um, a Christian rock artist come into Cal Anderson and did something similar to what you guys are doing, but you know, totally gorilla not, not legal or anything of the sorts, no masks. You can see where this is going. And, uh, and was not received well by the city or anybody else really, except for the people in attendance. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it is, it is going to be interesting how we as musicians find, you know, these, these creative spaces to be playing because, you know, here in Seattle, we are, you, venues cannot open until it, we get to stage four. They're all considered nightlife venues. Uh, or clubs is another way to say it. And like that limits us until pretty much the pandemic is, is, um, is non-existent. And I'm, I'm really interested in hearing more about how you guys, um, 
proceed with this, this traveling stage of sorts and where you do find these places to play at and how you, you know, achieve that, the performance aspect of music. Cause it's something that is sorely lacking in Seattle. We, our last, uh, our last person that we interviewed, um, you know, was talking about trying to take it online and how that would look with, with their sort of event performance and things. We're living through an interesting time as performers, and I think you guys have the right idea here. So, good on you. Hope so. you <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you have any advice for people trying to get into music and make that their main career? especially during yeah. these times? What are like three things you would, you would suggest to somebody trying to you know, make it as a musician? I think my number one piece of advice would just be to like stay with it, you know? You've got to keep doing it until they figure out what you're doing. Right. You know, until, so that's my one. Connected to that, and this is going to be real, real, real touchy-feely, you know, but like um, if it's... Um, giving you what you need like while you're practicing while you're developing if 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 the energy is there the magic is there like while you're just like playing that's um a really 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 important the most important like aspect of um of the whole thing and i think that like cuz cuz you know we're we're, we're moving into very very uncertain times here like 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 the kind of career oriented way of thinking has a little bit of a wrench in its gears right now because like just nobody knows you know like i mean like realistically it's just like you know any anybody could drop dead at any time you know it's just like it's it's like it's a thing so like you know making prioritizing the moment and i think too you know our, our hope is you know like when we're getting out and stuff like that we can really give other people an opportunity to experience that you know like the catharsis and the mental health boost that uh that the music itself gives and i know that that's not good career advice but i feel like it is good music advice yeah for sure um, it is one more suggestion, which is more like pragmatic, which is like um, getting into production, getting into that end of things definitely has created a lot of freedom for us. So it's like something I feel like I would recommend, even though it's a pain to get into at first, but it, it does, it, it gives back. Yeah, I would agree with that last statement too. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you are. I'm just now starting to get my feet wet with actual production and it is, it is freeing quite a bit so highly suggest that so where can we find you where can we uh you know reach out to you or just follow you on the socials or do you have anything cool coming up that you want to share um mainly just on instagram that's where we're kind of most present um our handle is just at uh, the flower pistols and that's spelled flower pistols p-i-s-t-i-l-s um, but we have an album that's going to be coming out um, probably this, in the spring. In so the it'll spring. be a minute. It'll yeah, be a minute. It'll, it'll be, be called Revenge of the Flower Pistols. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find our music on anywhere that you stream. Yeah, we're we're, we're everywhere we're streaming happens. So perfect. Well, thank you both so very much. I look forward to listening to this album. I've been loving the music that you guys are releasing right now. So it'll be good. Good to see you, Claire. Great to meet you, Zoe. And thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thank definitely. you. 
This has been Muse and Scene, the podcast on how creatives do business. I'm Zoe Omega. And I am Claire Michelle. Thank you all so very much for listening. You can find Muse Unseen at museunseen.com, on Facebook or Twitter by searching Muse Unseen. And we would like to thank our sponsor, Tidal Artist Haven. That's T-I-D-A-L, Artist Haven, at tidalartisthaven.org. They have been kind enough to let us use their Zoom to record and offer a space for artists to collaborate. Thank you all so much. And we will see you on the last Friday of next month. Take care, help us spread the word and goodbye.